let's get ready to throw down. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today we are talking about a uh, relevant topic to at least one of us here at the table, <laughs> and it's about kind of what happens when you're good in sales, right? You know, when you when you own the craft, right? And you own your 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 knowledge and your progression, you get good. What does it lead to? And uh, that's particularly relevant because Clint has uh, made a made a change. Can you talk about it a little bit? Sure, I can. I can do that. All right, go ahead. Um, so recently, um, I've made a change to a, a management role over sales and engineering and uh, pre construction side for my uh, for my world. Uh, it's a, yep. This is with a different company, though. It right? is, yeah. So, leaving one, don't look back, move on. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. So we've all, I think, have had bad sales leaders. Sure. So hold on. Let's. But he also gets a title, right? Which, hold yeah. on. I sure. So you're vice president of the corporation. So you're running. Agreed. A, a division. No. You're running. From the top, you down. know, to me that's a big deal. Yeah, I don't I know. Think if, it's, I know, absolutely think to it's some. A big deal. To some, it's not. Um, uh, for me, it's it's about um, realizing that I I think that what I what I know how to do my processes work, and using those to push another organization forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's big, right? Um, I think it, I think as salespeople, a lot of times we get bogged down by the you can't or don't do or do what I say, mm-hmm. and you know how to do the right thing, right? And and I've been, look, guys, I've been stuck in that. I've been a part of that. Uh, those organizations where it's, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe do it our way for a little while. And I'm thinking, man, you know, as a high D. I, I I know how to do this. Just let me fly. If you let me fly, I win. And uh, not everybody thinks that way, right? Not everybody in leadership thinks that uh, there's there's a confidence, right? There's a uh, there's a certain mentality of leadership that will let you work within your limitations. So now, something stuck out. You said I win. Did you mean we win? The team? No, the, I mean I company win. Wins? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a, that's an important distinction. Hold on. That's when that little plaque on the front. He goes, read that first. Okay. I won. Right. Now, so so maybe reword no. it. That I mean, if you win, we all win. Look, I look. I can take it back to um, all the way back to the Marine Corps side. Your team is. Wait, you're in the Marines. I was in the Marines. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you didn't it, it's been a while since we talked about that. Yeah. So, so look, yeah, for people who may are, not know, right? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. You know, team orientation, small unit leadership, right? There's a certain type of leader that can really harness the talents of people in their team. It's 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 big. It's it's important to talk about, right? Um, not everybody, not every leader um, can can recognize talents and harness it, right? Some people view it as a threat. Um, some people look down on the people that they have in their team and they say, oh, shit, I can't let that guy fly because he's going to surpass me. Well, it's got to be my way. Well, sure. Okay. Or let's call middle management douchebag. It, it really is. <laughs> middle <laughs> management but look, is I'm, what he was trying I'm, to say. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah a, in, a, in a nice, cordial way, sure. I'm not saying that I've worked for those people that, you know, look at me and think, oh, God, I got to harness this guy because he's going to be a threat to me. I'm not saying that. But what they didn't do was use me to my full potential. And, and that's, guys, you guys are listening to this, and you think cocky, asshole, ego-driven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is really interesting to me, because out of the box, I don't view, this is a blanket generalization, I don't view Ds as very great sales leaders unless they put in the work that, you know, you have, right? To, um, to be self-aware and to and, and to understand that, Different people have different motivations, sure. and and they Look, they take in information differently. Me coming in as a as a leader of an organization, um, if if I could go back to two thousand nine, two thousand eight, seven, Ramadi, Iraq was big. People were, I mean, bad situations, right? Mm-hmm. You had nineteen year old kids learning how to how to deal with it, right? Learn how to how to lead teams. Um, I look back on that and I think, man, what can I take away from that? I take away things like 
man, you had a great team, but maybe you didn't know that those personalities that you had were the right fit, right? Or, or they weren't doing the right job. So I take a lot of that stuff, and, and, and I'll go back to a great book, man, Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink, Leaf Babbitt, man. Yep. Fantastic book. John, I know you've read it. Um, books like that, they're funny because they harness all those tools of, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good leader. I feel like I know people, but I don't know how to move forward, right? So books like that, uh, information like that, information what I'm talking about is is don't be scared as a leader, sales leader, uh, operational leader. It doesn't matter. You got to look at your team and realize that people have strengths. And that goes along, uh, along with DISC, D-I-S-N-C, right? So you may be a D. You may be in a leadership position or, or, a, or an S. And you look at people as threats, but you can't. You got to look at these people as they have talents. They're they're here for a reason. And how can I utilize them to make our team the greatest, right? So I'll tell you this as a salesperson. Uh, I've been in a couple different organizations. I've, I've worked uh, my way through the ranks. I've, I've had a couple different types of leadership. And I'll tell you this. If you don't view me as a strength, I will leave you. Right. And that's tough to hear. I'll leave you and I'll go do it for somebody else. And we've, I, I've talked about this a bunch. Um, I believe in an, I believe in team unity. I really do believe in me to get the job done and I'll do it for you. If you don't, I'll go do it for somebody that does. And I'm in a situation right now um, where I fought it tooth and nail. Um, Every day, I, I did the grind, and and don't get me wrong, I wasn't I didn't lay down in the cut. I did I didn't cower away from anything. I I was successful. Had two of the most record successful years in sales that I could have, only to prove the point that where I'm going is warranted. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes. All right. So so as a D, right, wanting to win. Yep. You know, doesn't that kind of fly counter to this idea that if you don't see value in me, then I'm going to go someplace else. Like, like you don't have any kind of trigger around, I'm going to work my ass off until you do see value in me. Well, the thing is, is yeah, yes, yes. And no, because I'll tell you this, I've had, um, some of the greatest leaders to ever grace this planet, um, be in charge of me and handle me very well. Right. Mm-hmm. They've, they've harnessed my energy. They've put me in situations where I'm going to be successful that makes them successful. And ultimately, as a team, we're all successful, right? They realize those powers. They realize those uh, strengths. And they also, but don't get me wrong, guys, they realize my weaknesses. I can't put that guy in that situation because he'll fail, yeah. right? That's a, that's a big thing, right? As a leader, um, I challenge you. I mean, DISC is huge. D-I-S-N-C. What corner are you in and what corner are you trying to hire? What What's successful? Which brings up a good point because sitting where I sit, I want to know what where the, my employees fit on that disc spectrum. Sure. And I think as a sales leader, and everybody in my company has some kind of aspect of either contact with patients or contact with other physicians, you hit on a good point. Sometimes I don't know right off the cusp, right? And so some of these analysis, you know, you know, programs out there or uh, the questionnaires that give you insight, I think are real valuable tools. They're huge. To, to shorten that learning curve. Because if I stood around somebody long enough, but sometimes if you're in a sales leadership okay. position, you're going to get a glimpse of that person. You're going to get their, you know, their, their, their shiny side, if you will. Yeah. Well, Doc, everybody looks good on a resume, right? Right. It's on and, paper. And, yeah. and, and if you got to call – Three, they put down three references. You think they're going to put down bad references? <laughs> no. You're crazy, oh, right? There, there's a there's a game you know, going on there. I mean, right. I mean, I just went through this, right? So you know, I get I get a call from my new employer that says, "Hey, man, your your references reached out and sounds sounds fantastic. Everything you said." Well, of course so it I did. did a of course, <laughs> did, did we do and, okay? And, and yeah. Oh man, I totally I totally threw him under the bus when but, they called me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, oh, I but the thing is, is, as a high D. 
I actually put a guy on my list that if anybody was going to tell the truth about me, if anybody was going to say anything, but that's my confidence, right? That's my ego. I don't, I don't care because if you're going to say some shit about me, I've already said it, right? It's already known. And, uh, that's, that's a big, I, I said it's a big deal, but that's a high D trait, right? It's like, look, the proof's in the pudding. Ask me all the questions you want. I'm here. Okay. What do you do? But that's something I'm going to do next time, right? I'm going to find the guy that would say, because I, I know who I'm talking about, that his, 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 the, the inflection wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be happy cakes, but he would say, did a damn good job. But damn it. Right? But let me tell yeah, you, yeah. let me tell you about this guy. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the thing. So what's funny about leaders um, and I'll, man, I'll always go back to the Marine Corps with this because they taught every single person and you guys, I mean, we got three vets up here, right? Mm-hmm. You guys were taught leadership pretty early on. Oh, they, whether they, you knew it or you didn't. Well, they stack yeah. it in boot yeah. camp, right? right? When you're sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Whether you knew you were leading or you didn't, mm-hmm. what you realize is strength and weaknesses constantly, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's your, um, that's your first initiative is to look at people and say, okay, are they physically strong? Are they mentally strong? What do they know about knowledge of the Army or the Marine Corps or the Navy? What do they know? That's they so were, vital in any, in sales and, and relationships. Mm-hmm. And- but that's a great point, Nanette, is that, um, that that's really vital, right? Because in a sales role and like, okay, in Doc and Nan's field and medical sales, you got to be technically proficient. You can be the greatest smooth talker in the world, but if you can't talk to a surgeon... Yeah. What's the point, right? Um, in in my world in construction, I'm like, man, look, there's a million salespeople out there that can walk into a room and say, I am a salesperson, I sell all of this stuff, and they say, Okay, but how do you do that? And a lot of salespeople say, I don't know, man, let me call let me introduce you to my ops guy. And that's okay. I'm not I'm not yeah, there's push- not anything inherently yeah, wrong with no, that. Look, I'm not pushing you away from that at all. What I'm saying is that if you can gather that confidence to talk about those things, go ahead. Well, when you said, let me introduce, if that is perceived as part of your team. You can set that up. Then you can really run with that, and it shows depth and breadth. But but that's hard for a D, though, right? It is. To be willing to pass the baton. I would never. No, but if he's one of your guys. Inherently, no, I would never want you to... Um, go around me and talk to one Not, of my engineers. No, but if 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 it's under your suggestion that yeah. this is my man that you right. need to speak to specific to that event, then that's using your team to its greatest Agreed. advantage. Right? So you brought up a good point, and that's what goes back to leadership. So if you're in a leadership position of sales or pre-construction or uh, man, even the president of a branch office, it doesn't matter. If you if you own a sales team, right? If that's your if that's your guys, you're gonna have salespeople that go out there and maybe you're listening to this and you're that guy that can walk into a room and he can sell the world, but you can't sell the technical side and you need to bring somebody else in. Right. That's okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not pushing away from that. Your leader, your guy. And if you don't have this guys, I don't know if I speak for the rest of the group, but I'll tell you this. If you don't have that guy above you that has confidence in you to make the sale or to follow through with the things that you say you can do, go fucking find it. Go find it. Yeah, build that team. I mean, I mean, yeah, I agree. do not try to do this. Even if you're a D, it doesn't you matter. You cannot be out there on your own. You're not uh, going to be successful. I think I said this in in my uh, original um, Team D um, podcast was that I could sell a million dollars worth of mechanical work. I can't do that by myself. Yeah. I can try. I'll probably fail at it, but I can't do it. What I told you that we could do, and remember the word we, because we's important. We's a team. And that goes from you down, but it also goes upwards, right? And that's where I always struggled um, with with true leadership was, can you lead me? Because I'm a, I'm an asset to your team. I believe that. I can be the biggest asset or I can be the, the biggest, biggest failure. Ass. I can be the biggest ass. I can. <laughs> but I can walk in and ruin your day or I can make your day great, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about you as a leader to harness my energy and put it forth into a common goal. Right? Okay. So 
to get us a little bit on track, right? So, yeah. so, so first, there's a great book that talks about this very topic. It's called Good to Great, and I cannot remember who the author is, but we'll put it in the show notes. But he talks about this idea that, you know, you got to have the right people in the right seats, right? And if you do sure. that, then the bus yeah, sure. gets to where it's going, right? Well, how many times? How many times do you guys listen to people? Uh, I, I mean, I know, I know, I do. You listen to sales uh, leadership, and they tell you like, "Ah, oh, man, I got these two." assholes right i got these two sales guys yeah they were pretty good back in the day but they suck now right i've heard that Mm -hmm. i listen to it all the time hell i might even have been that guy i don't even i I don't know i might even been I, i might even been the guy on the receiving end of that guy talking about me my thing is is that what what happened when they were great when they were great and and what happened to now that they're not great well this is you know, at the heart of what I'm trying to do with my, with my company, right. Is trying to figure out like what is separating the A players from the B players sure. and trying to capture that lightning in a bottle. Right. Cause it's not and a then, personality, John. It's not, no, no, absolutely. Right. It's, it's you of all, there's people. so much more you of all people. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff, I know Jeff a little bit, mm-hmm. you of all people should know. And, and you've worked for both of these people worked mm-hmm. with or, or for, yeah. You of all people should know that it's not a personality because on paper you are not a salesperson. Oh, for sure. You're just not. Yeah. High C, I wouldn't hire them in a million years. If that's what they showed up on paper and I was only hiring in that realm, wow. I would not hire you. However, you're one of the greatest salespeople I know. Why is that? You know, it, it's not because you're on chart the worst salesperson because that's what it would view as. It's because you've you're self aware. You know a process, you stick to the process, and you work throughout it, right? And mm-hmm. you know how to communicate with the other uh, personalities out there. That's big, right? So as a leader, do you recognize that you have those people? Can you teach them the traits? Because look, or do you feel threatened? Do you feel threatened? Because look, man, if you feel threatened, you yeah. shouldn't be you there. You shouldn't be leading you anybody. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be there. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's a blanket statement. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this. But you shouldn't be there. Mm. I mean, period. Yeah. I mean, I, I really say that. So let's talk about like how how this normally shows up in sales teams. But then I have some questions about you and your and your transition. But you know what typically happens is whenever there's some kind of change in sales leadership, you promote the top producer, which right? is the worst. Sometimes yeah. it's the worst fucking thing you can. I'm going to say it's like 95 percent the I worst thing for you. To I do. would agree because when you take the you solo producer. Your- yeah. Right. And you're going to take him out of the field, which now puts a ton more pressure on everyone else in the field. And you've got this guy who's really good at providing for himself. Right. So he can fix his own problems. Right. That typically leads to uh, a lack of patience. But you said it. You said it. He can fix his own problems. Sure. No, absolutely. That's what he's That's good what at. I'm talking about. Right? He can't fix everybody else's problems. Because like, the good leader is going to look, there's look, a 19- let you fail. Look, man. I will say this over and over again. There's a 19-year-old kid at Texas A&M or TCU or, or whatever university that's a better leader than you are at 65 years old. Sorry. If that hurts your, if that hurts your balls, guess what? Sorry. <laughs> just, just because you're old doesn't mean that you're a leader. Does, just, no, because you have, right. yeah. just because you have tenure does yeah. not make you a leader. Absolutely. What it makes you is a really good producer, and you should maximize those efforts, mm-hmm. right? But doesn't make you a leader of people. I know estimators that could estimate the shit out of projects. They are the best ones. And you put them in charge of pre-construction team, they fail. They fail. You know why they fail? Because they're not leaders. They're estimators. Yeah. And they do that well. And here's the deal. Not you're you're speaking to this point, but to, to make it very clear, not everyone is meant to be a leader, right? Exactly. Not every person is meant to be an entrepreneur, right? You know, there's right. so many people I know who start their own thing and then they run around telling everyone else that, that they need to go out on their own. And a lot of people aren't well cut out for it. It's one of the few things that I'll tell you that you're born with. It's one of the few things. What? Being an entrepreneur or being a leader? A leader. Uh, I disagree I, with I, that, actually. Okay. I, and I'll tell you, okay. I'm not, and I'm not telling you you can't grow into it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that some people are very, it doesn't matter the disc profile. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. D-I-S-N-C. And I hope you're listening out there because I'm not holding any grudges against any personality trait. You you sometimes are born a leader. You just have confidence. You, you know that you can get it done. You know that you can harness people's energy to make the team great. You can do that. Some people are born with that. Some people learn that fact. 
some people will try to learn that fact. I'm going to tell you, if you're reading a book on leadership and how to lead, guys, you're behind the curve. I'm sorry. So, so okay, but, man, oh, go ahead. I, I want to dig into this. Yeah. I, know, I know that's a tough thing right? to hear. Because, you know, uh, I think because of the work that I've done and everything else, like, um, you know, I have a secondary business where I play salespeople with agencies, you know, and, and work with them to, like, make them better and stuff like that. But I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, four years ago, you know, five years ago. It, it would have, uh, I mean, it might have worked, but maybe not. So how did I, how did I get from there to here? It's books. It's working on myself. It's not saying you can't do it. Don't get me wrong. But you kind of just said that if you're reading a book about leadership, you're wrong. I'm saying that. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. The simplest form of leadership. I think we're talking about that today, right? Leadership. Mm -hmm. Simplest form of leadership. Take off running. Get a hundred yards down the road. This was explained to me by a very uh, smart man in my life, mentor, turn around. Are people following you? Cause if they are, you're a leader or you stole something from them, <laughs> but you're maybe that's, that's a fucking <laughs> way to put a twist in it. But, uh, I, th- I think the simplest form is that if you could talk to people and you walk away and you say, follow me and people are following you 10 steps down the road, you're, you're just a leader. People have so, that look. John, people have that. But I'm not saying you can't develop. I mean, you're that. a great leader. Hitler doesn't, had a ton doesn't, of followers. <laughs> no, I agree with that. It doesn't. It well, doesn't mean anything. Twisted leadership. It yeah. doesn't mean, I mean anything. It just means yeah. that you're a leader. What you do with that leadership is on you. Okay, so that brings up a point that I want to make. That I think great leaders or people that are leaders find value in those that they keep around and that they have underneath them. And then those people in turn find value in their leadership. Well, so I, there's a value. No, you, I agree. Let me put it into my world a little bit and I'll put it into a uh, construction atmosphere. What if I have, for example, it's a big what if, but what if I have John, who's a high C on this personality spectrum, I have him as my sales leader. I have Doc I have him as doing my takeoff. He's reading drawings. He's looking through specs. He's looking through all these details, right? Shit's going to fall down, right? but go ahead. But, <laughs> but you see his reaction, right? And I have, I have Nan, the S, who's communicating with customers, right? He, she's trying to relay all those facts that Doc, who's not efficient at, at any of this, relaying to her to, to deliver. Fuck you. I, I'll get it done. <laughs> and maybe. Well, and maybe. This is hypothetical, but, but then, guys. But so then, what that speaks what, what to I'm, is teamwork. But all I'm you saying but all I'm saying is that, that that's that's not a that's not a lose. You can win with that. People win with that every day. But it, however, if yeah. I flip some trades, right? Absolutely. If I, I recognize the strengths and I recognize the weekends and I put John in front of all the details and all the specs and I put Doc as my front man to talking to the customers. And I, I take Nan, and she's the one relaying the mission of it all, right? I care about this. We want to do this for you. If I take those jobs and You're I twist them, right? right? No. I'm way more successful. I'm up in my chances. I'm up in my percentages. And that's what leadership to me is, right? No, taking the team that you got, not firing them all and hiring new people. I agree. But taking the I'm leadership. Saying, yeah. And putting them in the right spots. Okay. So you're coming into a company that's new to you, but the company's been around for a while. Correct. How many people are you going to be working over? I, th- I think it's 12. 12, right? Yeah. And, the, and it's 12 salespeople? Or no, it's, what's the uh, mix of that? It's uh, sales. It's estimating. It's engineers. Um, it's takeoff people. It's BIM coordinators, 3D modelers. You know, okay. It's a mix. All right? So so how many of those people are salespeople? On that two, team, you think? two, 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 two salespeople, that, yep. and then everyone else is kind of back and, office. And I'm, essentially. I'm here to tell you, even if those two guys are listening out there, I'm gonna have a challenge with these guys, right? Yeah, because they've never had a process. Well, there's that. There's they don't know you. They don't know me. They're and let me tell you, so age is age is a big thing, right? They're older than me. So what's that? What is that first week? That first month? That first ninety days look like as you trying to get in there, figure everything out, establish your. Well, you, you know, for lack of a better term, establish your authority, sure. right? As someone that they can rely on and lean on. Well, you're and talking. Trust. You're talking. Uh, you're you're asking the same questions during my interview, right? Um, and my answer to both of you would be, um, well, let's establish strengths and weaknesses. 
And how do you do do that? that. Disc is one. So are you going to find I mean, absolutely require everybody to take a disc disc personalities. I I mean, just, I mean, you can't, and and it's not about, um, you know, that's, that's a portion. That's a one percent, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Because now so I, much more. Because now I need to take that what you say you are on paper, and I want to bring you in one on one, right? And I and I'm gonna absolutely require every bit of this. Here's your disc personal. You say you're a high eye on paper. That's great. Bring you in one on one with me and say, okay, um, do you like your job? Are you passionate about your job? Do you even like to be here? If not, what don't you like to be, you know, what, what is What about it makes you angry coming here every day? Do you, do you expect these people who don't know you, right? You're new in this role and you're just forming these relationships. Do you, do you think they're going to be honest with you? Do you think, do you well, think that someone's going to be like, you okay. know, I don't really like my job. Let me back up a little bit. I think the first step is to create a common goal between the team. And, and I miss that step. So I think the first step is to create a common goal. Um, and everybody's involved, right? What are we trying to do here? What's our daily goal? What are we coming into work for every day, right? If this is the goal that we all agree upon, that's step one. So you said we all agree on, yeah. meaning how do you get buy-in? I was going to say, is that a buy-in or do you collectively like have no, a commune decide whether you're going to? But I think that have a goal. one, I think there's a ultimate buy-in of this is this is what we're doing. You either get on this page or you're not. Okay. That's, okay, but that's not buy-in, though. Hold that's on, hold on, hold Because on. I said so. That's step one, right? This is the buy-in. Now, how do we get there, right? Because let me tell you, go, okay, go back fair. go back a little bit to the military <laughs> side of things, and I'll tell you this. There was always a goal that we never agreed upon. There was always a goal that I didn't agree with. I didn't want to go do that. That wasn't cool. You put my ass out to the wind. You know, that's not something that's just, Easily. easily swept away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you start giving me facts and saying things like, um, well, here's why we're doing it. Right. Here's what you're doing this for. And all of a sudden I start having buy in. Right. So I'm, I'm not telling you that it's my way or the highway, but I'm telling you this is the common goal. And I want to know professionally how you all think we can get there. Mm-hmm. And through that, uh, through that debate, through those assumptions, I want to figure out a common goal that works for all of us. Yeah. I think that's leadership. So you're looking for feedback on, hey, here's. Yeah. Here. I'm not looking for you tell me how to do this. I'm looking for give me your opinions yeah. and let me make a decision. Sure. It's very different, right? Than, and, I, and I think that if you do that, you have common buy-in on the goal. Or, okay. And if you don't. Well, wait a get, second. Get the fuck out. I agree, but you don't. The, okay, but you're you're what? Tell me. I, d- I don't think that people do that though, right? Right. New guy comes in. It you know is he going to clean house? Do I still have a job? Well, are are we going to get along? You know all these things, and then you show up and say, "Cool, here's our goal. How do you guys want to get there?" I don't think that most people are uh, honest enough to say, "You know okay. what, man, I'm out." So I gotta go. Let me take this to a sales conversation, John. Okay. You're a sales. I mean, you're an expert in this. <laughs> okay. I mean, you are. You set an expect. You set a upfront confrontation. You uh. Upfront expectation. Yep. You uh. You do uh, discovery questions. You get all this stuff out of them, and then they they lie to you, right? Mm-hmm. People can do that. Yeah. Prospects do that to us all the time. You can lie to a salesperson and still go to heaven. They fucking lie to you, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you move forward, and, it, <laughs> and it's a bust. It's a bust, right? What do you blame that on? Do you blame that on your process, or do you blame that on the people? Um, So for a long time, anytime I got a no, I thought it was a failure on my part, right? And then eventually I just got to the part to where not everyone's qualified, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone has you know, problems that they must solve or they don't have the budget to solve it. And so then you, for, as a C, right, because I hate being wrong. And I think as, as a, as a, as a no for a long time as being wrong, um, you eventually get to the point to where, you know, you trust the process and you do everything you can do and then, and then everything is fine. So I agree with you. What I'm saying is that if you take that to the leadership side, same conversation, mm-hmm. and you have upfront agreements with all your people, and they all buy into the process, and somebody lied, that's on them, right? Well, of course it is, but 
It doesn't make it easy. I'm not saying it's easy. Okay. I'm just saying that some people lie, and those people, I would expect they're the few, right? Yeah. They're I mean, the few. Yeah. Or you got a you big right. big problem on you. You got a big problem, right? But you deal with that, right? You deal with it however you want to deal with it. Cut them, utilize their talents into something else. But the fact is they can lie to you, right? And so can prospects. So can people sitting across from me looking at you eye to eye. They can lie to you. But I have a question for you. So given your personality and who you are, and, I mean, you're a leader, when you have a new team and maybe there's somebody who's lied to you, somebody who's not not being who they portrayed themselves to be, do you ever do the sacrificial lamb? No. no? I, I, so, Why no. not? You know, as a matter of fact, as a high D, that would that you guys would probably think that that would be my first instinct is to cut that person, right? Yeah. I, I'm not that way, and that could be me. Um, I don't know. I've watched it, especially through the Marine Corps, where it says, um, have we given them all the tools? Have we provided the training to make this person the best they can be? If you've done all that and they still don't perform and they still don't cut it, well, that's a hard conversation to have, right? Look, I provided you all the training. I've done all this stuff. I'm sorry. I can't. I just can't have you on my team. You're just not cutting it. You're not cutting the mustard. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier to conversation to have after you provided everything that you could do oh, and you push that person yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't go far from the tree of prospects. It really doesn't. In the sales conversation. If you have not qualified or not trained your buyer, oh, okay, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's that calmness that happens whenever you know that you did everything you're supposed to do. That's right? what I'm saying. You asked all your qualifying yeah. questions. You talked about exactly. budget. Yeah. You got and, it all lined up. So, we so have I know an example of that. Th- this conversation is a lot about leadership, but it also relates really well to frontline uh, sales. Yeah. Frontline sales, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, if you went into your prospect and you've done all the things that you, that you can do, and you've qualified them or not qualified them. And look, guys, people are going to lie to you. It happens, right? But they're they're one percenters. Don't fucking worry about it. Don't put that on your map. But, but Don't worry about those. They're people. not lying to take away from you. They're lying to do better self-serve. for themselves. Self serve. Yeah, right. And and they probably told the lie to themselves. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, it it. I don't think it comes with true malicious intent. Sure. Because they're not. They're not they just aren't fulfilling yeah. that vision that they had it, it, in know, many cases. That's, that's the thing with leadership and with sales is that you can walk people down your process and people will buy in or they won't, right? And if they don't, you can't do business with them, right? In sales, you just, they're, you own the no, right? I can't do business with these people. They don't fit me. They don't fit my process. That That's a big struggle for a lot of people. Depending upon the size of the company though, right? What do you mean? Um, what does it matter? Well, because in larger companies, there's so unions. Well, yeah, unions, I mean, right? I worked at AT and T, and there were and there were unions for sales reps, and the only people who really wanted to be in the union were the people who were never hitting their numbers. It was really don't say really, that. But no, I'm being honest, right? Okay. In my experience, hold on, let me back up yeah. so that way, Raise like, like no one, no one, please, no one adds again. me. Right? Hold on, in my experience at AT and T, and that's the only union I've been around. The only people that were really invested in the union were were people that wanted the ability to call upon it to save them. Okay, let me ask so. you this. As a high C, did you not have a process that it took to get somebody gone? I wasn't a leader at AT&T. Okay, but it was really hard to get rid of bad performers, right? The bigger the company, Agreed. the more red tape is involved with that. Let me, let me ask you a, a real uh, leadership question. Okay. If you were a leader, which... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't mean that to bust your balls. I'm just saying in that he situation. When do you not? <laughs> I was going to say, how else would you take that statement, Clint? I mean, all, no all of us like, man, what? You're a leader now. No, I'll let oh, it go. Thank you. Yeah, keep going. He's a leader now. So. And tell me when you guys are done. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if you... What's the question? You? I do want to hear. But if, if, you're, if you're a true uh, leader in that situation and you see somebody failing, right? Um, have you done everything? Have you done everything you could do? To really make them successful, because that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to make your team successful. And if you're a true leader, you don't give a shit about you and your quota. You give a shit about your team and your quota. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but you also, as a salesperson, give a shit about your your company and your sales quota as a team. Not you. That's a big 
that's a big revelation to some people living out there. I mean, Say I that believe again. that. So as a leader and or as a salesperson, you have to believe in your community and your company and your team and meet the quota of the team and the company. Not you. Not you. Not you. If you're trying to sell $10 million because that's your personal quota and that's all you're going to do, that's that's it's weak sauce, man. So can I see it a question? Just is. Yeah. This is a question, honestly, for everybody. And I know what Al's answer is going to be. But do you think that if Thank you, you – well. Uh, sorry, then, I'm I don't, then I don't have to answer. Okay, so, yeah. you don't have to. If you're a sales leader, should you also be selling? Everybody, yes, yes. I disagree. One hundred percent, yes. Why do you say that? Because I believe that some people will believe in you as a leader to get the job done. Just that fact alone, you. Doc is a prime example of this. No, I know, which is why I'm saying that, that yeah. I think I know what, what Al's answer is, but yeah. uh, but I'm curious for him so, to like look, dig into it. If, I, if I'm the president of blah, blah, blah in in a corporation. Can we back up for a second? Sure. So let's say that, that you have two salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. And their quota is, you know, $20 million each because that, that seems like a good round number for your, for your industry. Sure. And then you also have your sales quota. Yeah because of like how the company's structured or, you know, yeah. it's part of your responsibilities. And that's another 20 million. Here's right? what I could tell you is they'd both be at 30. Okay. Well, okay. So, but the point of it is, is that I'm, I'm delegating tasks to people that I believe in to go do that. And I'm only here to help. And if I can only push sales and if I can help you in any way to meet that quota, I'm in, but okay. the quota is the on. company, not no, me. Exactly. Right. So, you're saying no. You're just taking the roundabout answer, right? Because if I got to fulfill my quota, but I'm also supposed to like coach and mentor and bring people along with me to like make sure that they hit their quota, yeah. that is a that is that's being stretched and pulled pretty thin. But he just said that we're looking at the 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 totality of the quota, yeah. right? No. What does right? it take to pay bills? That's what I'm saying, right? I, I think that's how I see it. I think yeah. I think that as an organization, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna promote a sales leader, you give. You give that person the goal and say, look, this is what you're responsible for. And and it's on that person to say, if I can't fulfill yeah, at maybe this I, level. Maybe I need seven salespeople. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Yes. Because like maybe maybe the quota is 1.4 million, right? right. Then or well, or 140 million. But John, you're, is, you're, right? John, yeah, John, you're talking about a process that has to be developed. I no, mean, but, simply put. Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm really dishonestly asking, because I have a pretty strong opinion about this. If you are a sales manager, should you have a quota? That you are solely responsible no, for. No, okay. no, absolutely not. Across the board, no. Okay, absolutely cool. not. I'm, I'm just making sure because I think that that is inherently and, kind of. And, uh, and I'll tell you why. You can't. I, you can't play both sides, in my opinion. Well, I think that one's a leader, and one's a salesperson, right? But yeah, I think you're the that, leader should be able to go out and sell. Look, no, as I, an example. So, so let me ask you in in kind of a stupid question back to you. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you were a leader of project managers of multiple construction sites and your quota was to manage $40 million a year, do you have to go out to the construction sites and run jobs to meet up your 10, let's just say $10 million of the 40? No, you don't do that. You run project managers. Yeah, you better right? be a good well, enough leader. It depends that upon you don't the scope. To... Right? I mean, Agreed. and that's why that's but, why this is so important. But most people in leadership it gets convoluted, right? Because on sales, we think that, oh, you're a salesperson. We need to promote you to be the leader of salespeople. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have two salespeople underneath you, but you're still a salesperson, right? Yeah, that's not really a sales leader. That's, that's kind of what you're talking about. It can about. be, though. It, it can right. be. Because as a sales leader, you're in charge of scalability. Ah, oh, that's a good point. No, I agree. You're, that's your job. And if it means that... You're assisting if it means that you're part of the process. I don't care what it means. If we're looking at how we scale this up, mm-hmm. then that's business success, which is sales success, depending on what industry you're in. Well, I think it all develops back to your, your uh, we'll say, process, your cookbook. If you, if you have two sales leaders that are doing $40 million a year and your growth is 60 the house takes 20, right? Because that's your that's your scalability. That's what you can do. So the house is me, 
and whoever else there True. is yeah. underneath that, right, to make up that other And I, portion. even my arena, we call it. But look, if, if I can only do one, then that's all I can do. And that's all in your process. That's all in your cookbook. That's Then that means that the salespeople, the outside sales reps have to go do more because I can only do one. But it doesn't matter. I'm the leader, and I have to delegate that task. No, I agree. Okay. We're not... I don't think that we're we're arguing the opposite sides of a point here, are okay. we? Oh no, I don't know. Right? Like inherently in my in in my opinion, you get the goal from like senior leadership, you know, depending upon how big you know the company is. And if that goal is not scalable for one person, then you start to go say, Okay, cool. Let's bring in a yeah. team. Let's make sure that, yeah. that we can hit Ma- this goal. Maybe you're that guy. Maybe you are in a leadership position that can do that. Chances are it's not scalable. Chances are, maybe for the first year, right? Your goal is forty million. Your outside sales rep can do thirty. You're one, mm-hmm. where you got to make up the ten. But what happens next year when you got to do thirty and twenty, or thirty and thirty, or forty and forty? Well, right? you bring on other salespeople. That's what. But that's the point, right? Is that as a leader, you should recognize those um, those attributes to say, okay, I need two salespeople. And if I train them up right and I do a process and this process works. And and I, I get it because sometimes the territory becomes there, there's a shift or there are new players or you're selling into a market that now has more targets or it has less targets. Mm-hmm. So as a manager, you start looking around at where where do we find our business? Is that is that class growing or is that class shrieking? What are our margins looking like? What does it take to make the same money that my people made last year? But let me, those are all real management questions, but let me take you back. Um, let me take you back a little bit because if you don't prepare for, let's just say 2020 beforehand, right? If you're walking into 2020 on January one, that's your fiscal year. And you're saying, Oh, by the way, we want to grow 20% this year. Mm -hmm. It's too late. Oh, yeah, for this sure. It's too fucking late. You haven't prepped. You haven't done anything. You haven't hired anybody to do that. Your cookbook says you can't do that. Or maybe you can, but not with these people that you have, right? It's too fucking late. It's a quarter before, two quarters before, maybe even a year before, right? Oh, absolutely. But the point of it is is that you're talking about solving the solution on January 1 to step into January 1 and go forward. It's too late. It's just too late. That's prior. That's that Damn is. It, that's what's been going look, on. Look, <laughs> all right. That's so why you're only seven seven P's. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Where'd you hear that? This Marine Corps all day. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Really? But it but it works right. So like if if you are walking into the day that you need to do something, mm-hmm. sales a sales conversation planning for the next fiscal year, it doesn't matter, man. It's a day-to-day thing or a fiscal thing or a quarterly thing. If you have done nothing to prep for those those days coming up, you're failing. You've already you're you're done. You're wishing, you're hoping, you're fighting the everyday battle that we all hate to be in. If you can go back and you can prep for it, leadership, sales, especially sales. Sales is always a projection. In my book, right? Backlog is what you're always striving for. Not the day-to-day grind. Backlog is what you're shooting for. Okay. And that that's inherent in your business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, because, because okay. you know, I'm okay. speaking, I'm speaking to my industry. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'm I, not, I'm not, I'm not selling deals that are going to no, be. I totally get that. Starting I'm, in I'm not working at AT&T right now trying to sell the, the deal of the day. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm working for six months in the future trying to work Correct, backlog. Right. That's my not industry. Is. In construction, no, okay. it takes a while. I agree, I agree with projects, that. longer timelines. I fully agree with that. If I'm not, if if my quota, annual quota is $40 million a year, and I'm not walking into the next year with 12 or $13 million in backlog, I'm already behind the curve. You want to explain what, what backlog is for uh, people so, who don't know? So backlog is anything you sell in your fiscal year, right, in your current year that will be burnt. Or paid out to you in the in the following year. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So backlog is really big in construction, and that gives you projection that lets you keep guys on staff, that lets you keep. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've yeah. got some cash yeah. flow well, coming that will yeah. keep everybody. So, well, so but for, here's the deal, though. Hold on, real quick, and I think this is an important point because a lot of industries are not that forward focused. Yeah. Right. They're not that forward looking. So, what 
you're doing is saying, cool, I've got this backlog, right? I mm. know that for the next year and a half, we've got enough business to if warrant. I, if I sold $0 for the next year, I'd be good. Okay. So for everybody else that doesn't have backlog and doesn't look that far into the future, you can still kind of see into the future, right? If you're if you're managing your pipeline and, sure. and looking at stuff. And, what's, your, and what's your trends? Exactly. I was going to say, right. yeah. The, you, there's a look back Always. that projects well, the look forward. Absolutely, Because right? if you're not looking at where you've been and saying, how do I either emulate that next year, given all the factors mm-hmm. I just talked about. Or how about, do I improve? Well, and then how would that be better? Absolutely. If you're not I asking those questions. I don't know a single industry that doesn't have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't. Look at health. I mean, if yeah. you're, if, look, if you sell cars, you're going to sell a lot in oh, March, yeah. April, May, and There's then you're going to sell some in September. There's cycles. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So if you're in that, in the, in that uh, B2B sales and you're out there and you see those ebbs and flows, how do I uh, combat those downflows, right? And backlog for me is the way I I do that. Okay. Well, for me, it's planning. pipeline. Yeah, sure. And that's the thing is like maybe your cookbook says that I need to sell a shit ton in March so that when June comes along, I'm okay. Right? Well, you plan vacations. When you're yeah, successful, yeah. you you use that downtime sure. to fill your tank personally. Mm-hmm. I but, mean, there there's value to the whole cycle. But you can't do that without data retention. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that if you're now not you're successful yeah. with, during the times Agreed. that you should be successful. Oh, I mean, I, this is going to resonate with you really well, John. Is Re- resonate with no G. <laughs> no fucking G, people. I changed it. <laughs> Hey, look, my Scott County's coming out. Resonate. <laughs> uh, look, oh, if man. that resonates <laughs> with you guys out there as a high seat, look, you will be able to map this out, right? You will be able to put this on a chart in an Excel spreadsheet. I promise you, you will see your downturns throughout a yearly sales cycle, and you can you can literally prepare for that, mm-hmm. right? And look, let me like tell you, a nice vacation, dude. I can tell you, there's there's months out of the year in construction. Uh, I, I'll tell you. July, August being two of them. July, August, January being the third, that I don't expect a single sale. I just don't because that's not what the industry tells me I can do. Mm -hmm. The industry tells me that everybody's coming off vacation in Christmas and they're not going to buy shit till February. Right. Mm -hmm. And And I also know in the summer months they're going to go on vacation. And like in the medical field, it was so funny that we're talking about this today. Just today, one of my lead neurosurgeons is like, Nanette, we're about to get slammed. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man, I remember And it's that. the truth, you know. Well, once- to relate that to everybody out there, because we live and die by deductibles and out-of-pockets, right, yeah, sure. for some of the bigger procedures. End of the year rolls End of up. the year, there people are like, hell, I'm already this close. I might as well so, have that procedure. Oh, so my, qu- I, my question always is, is are you a 12-month sales cycle or are you an 8-month sales cycle? Are you a 6-month sales cycle? Because if you're a six-month sales cycle, be honest with it. Yeah. And earn it. Use it. Right? And go right. use that use shit. Use that. Now you're and, 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 every, and everything that comes in those off months is a fucking bonus. Absolutely. I mean, I, I believe that. So I will tell you that the company I worked for, we had a we had a chart posted on my wall outside my door and the VP's door. We, we shared walls together, right? And on that wall was a sales chart. We had a sales chart that said, we're going to do $25.5 million this year. We're going to do it. And that means we're going to do two, 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 two and a half, three, right? That I made it, I made a graph on Excel and I printed it out every goddamn month because mm-hmm. I wanted to see where we're at. And those months weren't, they just, honestly, they weren't accurate. I wish I could have been more accurate with it because that two, 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 two and a half, three million dollars this month, that wasn't accurate. That was a wish. That was a hope and a dream. Because you didn't have data to back it up? We didn't. Uh, if I did, it would have went. It would have went like this. It would have went two, two, two and a half, one, one. zero, <laughs> zero. Yeah. one, two and a half, three. Mm-hmm. That's real data. Mm-hmm. That's something you can scale on. That's something you can build a business on. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. And you only get that by data retention and processes. Mm-hmm. Man, are you, are you sure you're not a C? I'm a C today, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so Nanette's like been very that. quiet. Right so far, I mean, we've been dominating the conversation. So, as an as an S, I've, I've had a couple comments. No, you have. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I'm curious what you know when you're, you know, trying to define like what a good sales leader is for you. Right. Like, what are you 
what are you looking for? Right. And if you were in a spot to where you had a bunch of salespeople under you, like, how do you think you would handle that? Uh, Respect. To me, it's all about respect. You have to earn, you have to earn the privilege to train someone. And that's what leadership is to me. You're training someone, you're showing them the direction that you all want to go. And if you, if I don't, respect you, then I'm not going to follow you, but I'll figure it out on myself by myself. And then I become the leader. So I think it's really important. So as I'm listening to Clint, I'm thinking, well, he's a leader because you don't get to divert from where he is, but apparently he's earned the respect. Do you think you have? Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this. We go in. You want to ding, ding it there, Paul? Because throwdown time. Oh man, this is quick. Yeah. So we're going to talk on this throwdown leadership and sales because they go hand in hand, right? They you have they to really have do. Leadership they really do in my book. Right. If you cannot have the hard conversations with your team and or your prospects, you'll never get past the step that you need to get to. And you might be successful one out of ten, but but listen you're a 10% hit ratio. You're winning 10% of the time. That's not good enough in my book. And God damn it, if you're a D out there, 10% is just <laughs> not fucking good enough. It just isn't. I don't care what industry is. Look, guys, we can talk about this all day long. If I cold call a million people and I hit one, I'm successful. Look, I'm with you. It's not efficient. It's not scalable. As a leader, as a salesperson, Go in there, find the people that you have with you, and I say with you strongly, not under you, not over you, with you. This is a freaking team. Take that team, and how do I maximize the talent to get to where I need to go and maximize my hit ratio so that I'm making the most profit off my sales? That's what I'm telling you to do. And the one of the ways that you do that is DISC personality assessments, not just DISC, any, anything. Psychological selling is huge. Psychological leadership is huge. Ask any leader in the Marine Corps, the Navy SEALs, uh, Air Force, that I mean, the Army, Delta guys. I mean, it's all psychological, right? They are dealing with people that have talents. They're putting the talents to use. It does that, that means the same in leadership as it does in sales. Utilize the talents. Get to your goal. Data retention, take that data, what you can and can't do, and put it down on paper and figure out where your weak spots are, where your strengths are, and maximize both, right? Okay. Al? You know, from a leadership standpoint, I think you lead by example. I think that I agree with Clint that, you know, if you've got weaknesses, then you you fill that void and you give people the tools to – Um, overcome those weaknesses, you show them by example. But inherently, you have to understand the people that you're working with and around, and you've got to develop, and this goes back to what we spoke of earlier, that sense of, you know, ownership of your portion of the puzzle that you complete Mm -hmm. and that everybody plays a part and that I can't get to it all and they, this person can't get to it all, but collectively we can all row in the same direction and benefit from it. It's not at the at a sacrificial level, but everybody has their own level, but everybody profits, everybody succeeds, and everybody's supported. But in return, that's a, that supports a two-way street. You got to give it back to me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not feeling that, and uh, then I'm showing you I'm giving a lot, but I'm not receiving much. You know, so so when you when you look at all of these things, you you have to you have to be honest. You have to have those tough conversations when things aren't going right, and you have to have the data that supports your success or your failure. Oh, okay, Lynette. So, my analogy that I think of leadership is coaching, and I remember when my boys played t-ball. This might sound silly to y'all, but. So there were coaches, you know, on one team that would tell the the little kids would walk up to and with swinging their bat, don't strike out, don't strike out. Well, that's in their head. And then, you know, these little kids are like, oh crap. Or you can say, hit the ball, keep your eye on the ball. 
and, and give a positive. I think, and I know that's super S, but I, I think it's true. I think in leadership, you, you will create how you speak to that person, what you bring to that person. And I think it spills over into sales, the same thing. You, you've got to create a positive with, that, with the person you're leading by, okay. by being positive with them. Okay. Wow. Um, hmm. So to me, I think um, you have to really kind of do some work on yourself, right? And, and Clint is a, is, is a prime example of this. Like, I, I think that if we, were, if we were having the same conversation two years ago, I think that a lot of Clint's answers would be different than they are today. And I think you need to really uh, not just look at the surface of people, right? You got to go deeper, understand like how they're motivated, what they're trying to do, what their goals are. And then just make sure that that's aligned with with what you're trying to get them to do, right? Because if you're trying to get someone to be an A player, but they're happy being a B player, you know, you're not going to get very far. So in my in my opinion, as a leader, you got to make yourself available, right? You got to you got to go on calls when they want you to. You got to be coach. You know, you got to be able to have the hard conversations like Clint talked about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's. um the analogy we talked about earlier of, you know, whenever I finish a sales call and I've done everything right, you know, I followed my process and everything is good. I, I covered the important stuff. I'm fine afterwards. Like this, like calmness. It's like, okay, I, I missed something because it was just too easy, you yeah. know? And, 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 and it wasn't that easy. I just followed the process. <clears throat> I think that that happens as a leader as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like letting people go is miserable, right? Like it's, it's not fun for anybody, but if you have done everything you possibly can, right? Were they given the right tools? You know, did you work with them? Did you do everything you possibly could? And this is the last ditch effort. Then that's different than just being like, ah, screw this guy. You know, we got to let him go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, to round this out, I think that leadership, all the traits that you're talking about, all of us talked about, are going to really go heavy handed with the sales conversations that we need to have with our prospects. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether you're leading a team or you're trying to lead a prospect into a common goal that you have, they're a very similar conversation. They're tough questions. They're not comfortable, right? They're, they're, they're tough to ask. But what you get out of those tough questions is honesty a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, and look, you're not going to get honesty 100% of the time. But you're up in your percentages. And we say that on this yeah, all lot. the time. If you don't ask the questions and you don't talk about it, you're zero. Well, if you don't set expectations, right? Sure. And mm-hmm. and and make them realistic and then show pathways to those yeah. expectations, then I agree. Yeah. Then yeah. you're setting yourself up to fail. They yeah. you're ruined by abdication. You're just throwing guys out there mm-hmm. saying, Well, mm-hmm. hey, you, you went through the training. The Hell, sink or get swim, out bro. There. Yeah, get out there and do it. That's yeah. the way I well, all right, great. Your management style sucks. Yeah. yeah. My 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 thing always is with leadership versus sales conversation, they're the same thing to in, in my book right now is that if you don't have the hard conversations you started with zero, and if you have those hard conversations, you're only up in your percentages to get more successful down the road, right? If you never have those conversations, you're flatlined. You can't grow from there. And those tough conversations suck. Look, as a D, it's easy to say. As an S, it's not so easy. But if you have them, I promise you, you'll feel better about yourself. You'll grow from it. You'll learn from it. And you got to take those experiences and grow and if you grow you're just up in percentages absolutely well man congrats on the new role yeah absolutely congratulations thank you well earned um if you're listening to this and you want to shout out to clint for congrats you can hit us up on twitter on facebook and instagram everything is at sales throwdown um team d hashtag team yeah hashtag team b um if you want to take this assessment and you're not sure where you are Right. Reach out to us. Send us an email, assessment at salesthrowdown.com. We can get you hooked up. If you want us to come in and talk to your teams, we can talk about that as well. Because this is not just for salespeople. It's also internal communications. It's there, There's so much more to this than just the sales thing. We just all happen to be salespeople. So, um, tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg, for sure. So uh, if you're struggling with your sales leader and you want some help with that, reach out to us as well. We can talk to I you. I got a lot of shit to say. I bet, I bet you good do. with a gun yeah. from <laughs> way over there. Uh, Nobody um, knows.
So follow us on on uh, social media. Everything's at Sales Throwdown. Uh, subscribe if you're listening to us on your podcasts. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks a lot. Subscribe. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. Hey, shout out to the folks from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Doc's trying to get her plane ride. That's right. Have a good night.